welcome back to another episode of the Northeastern Data Initiative podcast. I'm your host, Eric Weiss, and today I'm joined by an esteemed guest, Stefan Rin. Stefan, how are you doing today? Hey, Eric. Good morning. I'm very well. Uh, there's spring break in Switzerland, so we have a sunny day and looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. And here as well, it's almost 60 degrees here in Boston and everyone's out here like it's 95 with shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> almost the same here. Absolutely. Let's start off with a little introduction on who Stefan is and the work that you're doing. Um, started originally in, in the investment banking industry um, almost 30 years ago. Uh, worked on Wall Street with Prudential Securities, went back to Germany, um, and then moved from the banking side to the property side. Um, we started a real estate company back in 2001, Colonial Real Estate, um, and um, it became the third largest listed residential real estate company in Germany within five years. So by the year 2006, we were holding like 40,000 apartments in Germany. Uh, and we also did asset management for institutional investors as a service provider uh, with roughly 6.5 billion assets under management. So quite a, a great move. Um, then we went through the uh, financial crisis, 2007, 2008. And then in 2011, um, we received a public takeover bid by another public real estate company. And um, I decided to tender my shares um, and then uh, moved to Switzerland, was active as business angel, um, worked in the technology space as well as retail space. And then in 2018, um, you know, people approached me uh, about you know, Bitcoin and Ethereum is going the, the next big thing and gravity doesn't exist anymore. So, um, so I looked at it, I found it very interesting. Um, I, I was struggling to find the real value behind Bitcoin time. Um, but I thought blockchain technology is really a game changer for probably many industries, decentralized finance and, and all this kind of stuff. So uh, we started a company called Brickmark, and the idea was to create a cryptocurrency, a Bitcoin uh, backed by real estate assets. Um, and um, that was two years ago, three years ago now. And then uh, in January last year, 2020, uh, Brickmark was able to complete the largest ever real estate transaction on the blockchain uh, where we purchased uh, 130 million a landmark building on Zurich's Bahnhofstrasse, which is one of the most exclusive high streets in Europe um, for uh, around 130 million Swiss francs. And we paid the majority of the purchase price in Brickmark token, which we created on the Ethereum blockchain. And um, yeah, since then we're kind of leading um, all the league tables in, in the industry and we're very much looking forward that we see the first exchanges and, and, and trading platforms which are able to, um, to have uh, security tokens listed and traded in a regular way. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I wanna to touch a little bit on your career path because you know, you can't just really go from investment banking into real estate and now into a whole new space of this digital tokenization without taking some risks and having some sort of mindset um, that's different than a lot of other people. Could you talk a little bit more about how you made that pivot? You know, not many people are, are with you. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, every 
every vision, every new company um, is is always about taking risks, of course, and and you know entering new frontiers nobody has touched before. Um, but um, the the most important thing is that I mean you strongly believe in your vision and and you kind of go for it um, and you just find solutions to problems which arise from left and right. It took us almost two years. Um, you know, in the first two years, uh, and we spent almost two million um, investment money by the partners and founders, including myself, just to get the right structure, the right design. We were talking to industry experts, both from the blockchain technology side, but also from the real estate industry. I think the most important thing, uh, if you if you enter a new technology, um, is to to get out of this ivory tower and also to try to combine additional or, or additional industries and, and kind of combining the mindset from both sides to create a solution. Um, and that was a difficult part of it. So, you know, finding a team which covers the expertise on both sides was a real challenge, um, but I was really happy um, to find the people who are supporting us right now, the team who was behind us. So it's, it's a very good combination between you know, young people um, with a lot of industry, with a lot of expertise on, on the technology side, blockchain industry, decentralized finance, but also some seasoned, experienced, and well-renowned uh, real estate industry experts who joined us, um, who share the vision, and who also make it possible that we get in front of traditional institutional investors. Um, so I think that's the key. I mean, you have seen over the last six to nine months, a big transformation. I mean, before that Bitcoin was kind of, or crypto overall was kind of um, an asset class for a very specific crowd. Um, and most of the large institutional investors like funds, insurance companies, banks were staying away from it. Right. And now that has changed. And that's the, the big paradigm shift we've seen right now. It's going mainstream. You've seen the kind of Teslas um, and MicroStrategy. You see uh, mutual life insurance companies in the US. But you see similar processes right now also in Europe where traditional pension funds, asset management companies, um, the Blackstones of the world are looking into the sector right now and take it serious. And that's the important part of you know, taking it now broad and mainstream. It seems like you really beat the wave here and you're going to come out when the wave is cresting. I'll knock on wood for you, but a visionary company truly in the space. So can you touch a little bit more on how you're bringing the expertise of these real estate uh, veterans and these new these new technical workers into the space? Can you touch a little bit more on, on how it is that your token works? Um, and for our audience, you know, what does it mean to be selling hundreds of millions of dollars of, of real estate on tokens? Well, first of all, the interesting thing is, you know, a token is a token, um, like a security or a stock is a stock. So um, it's, it's, you know, whether you put $10,000, uh, $1 million, $200 million or $3 billion behind a token, doesn't change the whole thing. And it's pretty much the same work. Um, and if you look at the real estate in general, uh, real estate industry, public companies, REITs, and so forth, you know, usually, you know, a billion dollar in real estate assets is not that big. 
Um, so real estate as an asset class is the largest asset class in the world, uh, over 200 trillion value around the world. But if you break down this, this industry, and when it really comes to investable real estate, um, then we still talk about a market of about 55 to $60 trillion. Um, and that's about the size of the entire um, market capitalization of all stocks traded worldwide on exchanges. Mm. Uh, so it's a huge industry. And what, what makes it interesting, the combination between blockchain and, and real estate is that this industry is very fragmented Real estate is very fragmented. It's very local markets. Um, it always takes an intermediary to enter into the market. It's not a big liquidity in this market. Uh, most of the transaction needs middlemen uh, and you know due diligence, looking at the titles and and everything around a property or an apartment takes two three months of time. So it's time consuming. It's expensive. Not very transparent. And it's not very liquid at all. So all these elements can be solved by creating a digital currency, which is backed by the property behind, because that can be traded fast um, and creating a token, um, you know, if you go through the experience and know how to do it, um, is, is, is very fast. It's a fraction of a cost of a traditional IPO. Um, and once it's out there and it's traded, you know, everyone with two clicks on his cell phone, can invest in it or sell it. And, and that's for me the kind of striking uh, arguments why real estate will make a big hit in the industry um, and, and will, will, will be very successful. So how you create a token since, or a real estate backed token, since there is no real estate on the blockchain physically right now, um, you have to create a special purpose vehicle, uh, an LLC or limited or whatever, you put the real estate into this company and then you securitize um, this, this, these assets either by shares or bonds. Um, and then you tokenize these bonds by creating a smart contract um, and then you can put it on the blockchain. So it's the assimilation of the real estate followed by a securitization because that's why it's called security token. You create a security based on the real estate properties, and then you tokenize to create a digital security, uh, which then can be traded as a token. Well, definitely an interesting process. And you you talked a bit about how easy it's going to be, you know, to invest in um, a digital and decentralized currency. This is truly revolutionary in, into how people can have access into economies that you know they would never have access to before which is exceptionally interesting to me and i'm sure to our audience and, and even if you look at the kind of properties i mean you can see the property which we acquired just in my back so this is like Bahnhofstrasse in in switzerland um so one of the most exclusive high streets in europe in the world um there's only 110 properties on Bahnhofstrasse. So, you know, for normal people on the street, it's almost impossible to get a piece of a property like this uh, and the stability and the income and so forth. So, you know, by creating these tokens and acquiring these kind of proper properties, 
you give access to people to assets they would never have been able to access um and that's the that's the striking thing and i, I just talked to a friend of mine who is spending some time right now in bali and you know talking about the effectiveness of, of digital currencies you know he needed some money fast and you know he sold his his um, bitcoins to a to a a uh, crypto exchange transferred the money to his Revolut account and, you know, from liquidating his digital currency into seeing the money on his account took less than five minutes. And he's at some remote place in the world. So these are the kind of benefits which will also soon be able to, uh, to the real estate investment industry. Wow, that's honestly amazing. I, I have a hard time back home in Pennsylvania getting cash out of an ATM quicker than 20 minutes so it, being in Bali that's that's an incredible uh, use case uh, so you mentioned that you were uh, located in Switzerland or at least right now could you tell us a little bit about um, how the legislation of Switzerland is impacting your work and you know what it is that they've passed so far I mean you know you probably heard of the, the crypto valley um, in Europe which is actually based here in Switzerland so, you know, I, I had my personal companies based in Zook um, since 2012. And, you know, five years later or three years ago, I found myself in the middle of what they call the crypto valley. Um, but it's, it's really amazing. I mean, you have seen, you know, one of the most prominent tokens and, and companies uh, in the space based in Switzerland is Ethereum. Uh, their foundation who started the Ethereum token is based here in Switzerland. And so very soon, um, you know, in this area, they created uh, a very strong community. Um, if you look at the, the latest Crypto Valley top 50 report, um, the total market cap of the 50 largest crypto companies in Switzerland um, is, has reached almost $280 billion, uh, including, of course, Ethereum. Um, so there's an industry, there's an ecosystem which started. And of course, this ecosystem is well connected to the government arms. And um, I really have to say that, that Switzerland so far has been done a very good job uh, from the government side, from the legislation side, to support the industry. Um, so there's all sorts of support programs. There are strong communities here. Um, we have we have been able to attract people from all over the world, including Americans, um, Asian um, developers, business uh, developers, business angels invested into this area here. And um, we just saw a big step in legislation change uh, just to, just on first uh, of February this year, so just a month ago, one and a half a month ago, which they called the DLT legislation, DLT for dis distributed ledger technology. So for the first time in Switzerland, it's, you know, there's a legal framework embedded in the common law, uh, you know, which, which verifies, you know, the, the rights, digital rights on assets, uh, on the transfer of digital assets. Um, and um, they also created what they call DLT trading facilities, which are kind of regulated marketplaces. Um, and we have seen the first institutions, banks, but also the Swiss Stock Exchange um, applying for a license. And um, we heard just recently 
that Swiss Digital Exchange, SDX, which is a 100% subsidiary of Swiss Stock Exchange, uh, is planning to start trading also the, um, the security token offerings for selected security token um, in summer this year. So have the legal framework in place. So there's a high level of security now for people who are issuing projects, for investors who are investing into these products. It's regulated. You have to file a prospectus, pretty much like an IPO on the New York Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. So um, you've got all the kind of financial risks, uh, transparency issues covered right now. Um, and so this is starting right now. So it feels like, you know, with my background as a as a broker, investment banker on Wall Street, it feels like, you know, when it when they started Nasdaq the first time in the seventies, hmm. in the last century. Um, so it's very exciting, and, and you see all kinds of people moving infrastructure, people, and also money into the space. Um, so so let's see how these regulated exchange places will head up against the unregulated exchanges which are out there in the world right now, like Binance, Bitmap, and, and all these kind of players, who are, by the way, not allowed to trade security tokens. So security tokens, um, and that's also a big point for the SEC in the US, need to be traded on regulated uh, crypto or digital exchanges. And since there has been no such place in the world yet, Switzerland could, based on the new law, which is effective since six weeks now, become one of the first governments where regulated crypto exchanges um, can can start trading. Well, and it's not only that gained visibility because of you know the government backing, it's also the ability to bring about this new sense of security in security tokens. I mean, it's a it's a great step forward, and it seems like Switzerland is by far ahead of the curve and terms of finances as per usual. Do, do you see legislation like this elsewhere or maybe in the US? Do you see the same wave happening? Yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of press, of course, around, you know, I mean, just seeing the struggle, um, you know, um, issuers have by issuing ETFs uh, on, on crypto exchange assets or backed assets on Bitcoins and so forth. I mean, we have seen, um, um, you know, large initiations, um, um, the Winklevoss brothers with Gemini and others trying to move this industry blockchain and token and coins into a regulated space because it's a very important step uh, that this industry and, and these instruments become regulated because if you want to open this market, to the traditional institutional investors, pension funds, uh, insurance companies, and so forth. You have to create the legal framework for them to be able to step into this market. Um, and Fidelity Digital Assets is also a great initiative by one of the largest mutual funds companies in the world. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I still feel there is some resistance from, from the SEC, from the regulated side. Uh, they are very suspicious also because of you know, there's still potential money laundering involved. But I think, you know, there's no system in the world, including the existing cash system, which is 100% free of criminal actions. Um, but I think, you know, 
moving into this space and making sure that the regulators can put their hands out and that investors are protected um, is a very important step. Um, so I think that the U.S. will also move ahead in this area. Uh, and and uh, once they see that other regulated markets with the involvement of the government are working well, um, I think that the U.S. Uh, will not kind of miss the train um, and will be less restrictive in the future. Just one more thing to it. Um, if you also look at at the development in uh, central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Um, we have seen last year, the Bank of China announcing that they will create a digital currency, national currency. Um, Switzerland, Swiss National Bank is already testing a digital Swiss franc. Um, and the European Central Bank has launched a project. So I think that's also a very important step and a very important piece of the infrastructure which is needed, which then will allow it on regulated exchanges an easy exchange of, of tokens versus cash and, and back into the system. Uh, right now, this has been performed mostly by stable coins, but most of these stable coins like USDT, for example, are still facing issues whether you know it's fully backed by cash um, and you know the level of transparencies are not that high so far, unfortunately. So I think that central bank digital currencies uh, will also be a very big next step for the entire industry. Absolutely, and a quick plug to our first podcast episode. Speaking of stable coins and especially working directly with the digitization of the Swiss currency, uh, please check out our podcast with Sandy Petlin who had a hand in all of that. So our last point here, what's next for, for Brickmark as we go forward? Yeah, so uh, we're already in preparation um, uh, for a security token offering. Um, we are talking to the participants in the market uh, who already applied DLT trading uh, facility license. Um, so it's very exciting. Um, I'm, I'm very positive that we will see the first kind of security token offerings and trading um, on a regulated exchange, hopefully in Switzerland by the end of this year. Um, and then we will see, I think it's very important that the first security tokens, real estate asset backed coins have a good quality, that's, that is quality products which come out there, uh, which will also um, hopefully pick up interest from traditional investors, um, pension funds, insurance companies, and so forth. Um, and um, on one hand, we're preparing to issue our own token so that um, in 6, 12, 18 months from now, everyone in the world can buy Brickmark tokens on its cell phone. Um, but also, on, at the same side, we're working on um, acquisitions of additional properties, not only Bahnhofstraße, our idea is, of course, to create a token um, over the next 12 to 18 months, which is backed by at least 1 billion of, of um, prime real estate, um, mainly in Europe in the beginning, but we're also open to other parts of the world. So the idea is to catch up with um, the top 20 cryptocurrencies out there. Um, and you need to get to like whatever, two, three billion US dollars equivalent in market cap to enter this 
top 20 circle, uh, which I think is a, is a very important goal for us because the bigger you are, the more you are able to attract investors' money, the more liquid you are. Um, and that's, I think, the key going forward. Gotcha. Well, well, just listening to it makes me excited. I mean, where can our audience kind of learn more about uh, what's the next development and how Brickmark got started, all of this stuff? Yeah, I mean, we are very excited too. I mean, you know, we have been working two, three and a half years now um, in creating and, and, and kind of um, concreting this vision uh, into a token. And now we see that the infrastructure is ready and hopefully uh, the, 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 the regulated trading, trading facilities are coming out soon. And, and so it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna change um, a lot in the world. I think I've been on, on several conferences over the last 12, 18 months. And I think that in five to 10 years, more than 50% of all new capital market instruments will be digital. Um, and that the traditional system over time will disappear um, because there's so many new possibilities. Uh, it's, not it's not only faster, it's cheaper. Uh, it has higher access um, points for, for investors out there, um, but it also enables to create, to create new products which doesn't exist before. Um, you can create a bond backed by real estate in a digital way which also offers voting rights that doesn't exist in the real world. So it's not only about, you know, digitalizing an Apple stock. An Apple stock will be an Apple stock. But the interesting thing is that you create new forms of capital where people can participate, um, you know, creating new benefits for them, a new variety of investment uh, opportunities for everyone out there in the world. Um, in this industry. And that's what really excites me about it. Well, Stefan, thank you so much for your time. Stefan is the founder and CEO of Brickmark. You can check him out um, on LinkedIn and all over the internet. And truly, he'll be in your face soon enough if you don't reach out soon. So it was great to talk to you. Thank you. Take care.